Kia ora and welcome to this episode of the Amateur Austenite. I'm Frances Duncan, an author and the founder of the Jane Austen Society of New Zealand slash Aotearoa. My special guest today is Raylan. Kia ora. Today we're going to be discussing Letter 25 of Lady Susan. Letter 25, Lady Susan to Mrs. Johnson. Churchill. I call on you, my dear Alicia, for congratulations. I am again myself gay and triumphant. When I wrote to you the other day, I was in truth in high irritation and with ample cause. Nay, I know not whether I ought to be quite tranquil now, for I have had more trouble in restoring peace than I ever intended to submit to. This Reginald has a proud spirit of his own spirit, too, resulting from a fancied sense of superior integrity, which is peculiarly insolent. I shall not easily forgive him, I assure you. He was actually on the point of leaving Churchill. I had scarcely concluded my last when Wilson brought me word of it. I found, therefore, that something must be done, for I did not choose to have my character at the mercy of a man whose passions were so violent and resentful. It would have been trifling with my reputation to allow of his departing with such an impression in my disfavour. In this light, condescension was necessary. I sent Wilson to say that I desired to speak with him before he went. He came immediately. The angry emotions which had marked every feature when we last parted were partially subdued. He seemed astonished at the summons and looked as if half-wishing and half-fearing to be softened by what I might say. If my countenance expressed what I aimed at, it was composed and dignified, and yet with a degree of pensiveness which might convince him that I was not quite happy. I beg your pardon, sir, for the liberty I have taken in sending to you, said I. But as I have just learnt your intention of leaving this place today, I feel it my duty to entreat that you will not on my account shorten your visit here even an hour. I am perfectly aware that after what has passed between us, it would ill suit the feelings of either to remain longer in the same house. So very great, so total a change from the intimacy of friendship must render any future intercourse the severest punishment and your resolution of quitting Churchill is undoubtedly in unison with our situation and with those lively feelings which I know you to possess. But at the same time, it is not for me to suffer such a sacrifice as it must be, to leave relations to whom you are so much attached and are so dear. My remaining here cannot give that pleasure to Mr. and Mrs. Vernon, which your society must, and my visit has already perhaps been too long. My removal, therefore, which must at any rate take place soon, may with perfect convenience be hastened, and I make it my particular request that I may not in any way be instrumental in separating a family so affectionately attached to each other. Where I go is of no consequence to anyone, or very little to myself, but you are of importance to all your connections. Here I concluded, and I hope you will be satisfied with my speech. Its effect on Reginald justifies some portion of vanity, for it was no less favourable than instantaneous. Oh, how delightful it was to watch the variations of his countenance while I spoke, to see the struggle between returning tenderness and the remains of displeasure. There is something agreeable in feeling so easily worked on. Not that I would envy him their possession, nor would for the world have such myself, but they are very convenient when one wishes to influence the passions of another. And yet this Reginald, whom a very few words from me softened at once into the utmost submission and rendered more tractable, more attached, more devoted than ever, 
would have left me in the first angry swelling of his proud heart without deigning to seek an explanation. Humbled as he now is, I cannot forgive him such an instance of pride, and I'm doubtful whether I ought not to punish him by dismissing him at once after our reconciliation or by marrying and teasing him forever. But these muses are each too violent to be adopted without some deliberation. At present, my thoughts are fluctuating between various schemes. I have many things to compass. I must punish Frederica, and pretty severely too, for her application to Reginald. I must punish him for receiving it so favourably, and for the rest of his conduct. I must torment my sister-in-law for the insolent triumph of her look and manner since Sir James has been dismissed. For in reconciling Reginald to me, I was not able to save that ill-fated young man. And I must make myself amends for the humiliations to which I have stooped within these few days. To effect all this, I have various plans. I have also an idea of being soon in town, and whatever may be my determination as to the rest, I shall probably put that project in execution. For London will be always the fierce field of action, however my views may be directed. And at any rate, I shall there be rewarded by your society in a little dissipation for a ten weeks' penance at Churchill. I believe I owe it to my own character to complete the match between my daughter and Sir James after having so long intended it. Let me know your opinion on this point. Flexibility of mind, a disposition easily biased by others, is an attribute which you know I am not very desirous of obtaining. Nor has Frederica any claim to the indulgence of her whims at the expense of her mother's inclination. Her idle love for Reginald too, it is surely my duty to discourage such romantic nonsense. All things considered, therefore, it seems incumbent on me to take her to town and marry her immediately to Sir James. When my own will is effected, contrary to his, I shall have some credit in being on good terms with Reginald, which at present, in fact, I have not. For though he is still in my power, I have given up the very article by which our quarrel was produced, and at best the honour of victory is doubtful. Send me your opinion on all these matters, my dear Alicia, and let me know whether you can get lodgings to suit me within a short distance of you. Your most attached, S. Vernon. What does it mean? Where she says, I have given up the very article by which our quarrel was produced. They started arguing because Frederica talked to him about Sir James. Yeah. So she gave up on that by sending Sir James away. But she hasn't given up on the whole idea of... She has not. Him saying, you're wrong to let Sir James be here and show attention to your daughter. And then she sent Got him it. away. Okay. Thank you, it was the one thing I was... So technically, she, it's like she's gone, oh, you're so right, I'll send him away. So she's given it up. But she has managed to win his affections back. Yeah, the wording's interesting, because it's not how we would word things. I think what I love the most about this letter is it's Lady Susan acknowledging who she is and how she's behaving. Like There's so many mechanisms and manipulations and subtleties that particularly throughout this book. But she's just owning it all, owning it all in the absolute choice she's making to manipulate and get what she wants and know her own mind as to why she's doing it. I kind of admire that about her. Yeah, she's a horrible person. She even is asking for Alicia's opinion on what she should do. But she does say, flexibility of mind. A disposition easily biased by others is an attribute which you know I'm not very desirous of obtaining. I won't change my opinions for Frederica and Reginald to make them happy. I will not flex my mind 
and make them happy, make myself happy by their biases. But then in the same letter, she's asking Alicia for her advice. So it's almost like saying they're not important to me. But I you know. are. I wonder if it's more, you know, because she's just spoken about Reginald and how the fact that he is so easily swayed and he can so easily change his mind. And is she not kind of saying that, like, you know, my mind's not that flippant. Mm. It's one thing to ask for advice and to, like, she's asking her friend, you know, what do you think? And this is where I'm coming from. So let's be real. Alicia knows, you know, what her friend is saying. If she's made up her mind, she will do what she's planned yeah. to do. And, but yeah. she's not, it's like, yeah, I'm interested in advice, but I know my own mind, unlike these other people who flip-flop like. Like Reginald. Yeah. There is something agreeable in feeling so easily worked on. They are very convenient when one wishes to influence the passions of another. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's not something I want, but you know what? It works well for me with this guy. Absolutely. I think she's an optimist because she refers to herself as gay and triumphant. Being herself again, gay and triumphant, which makes it sound, I'm generally pretty optimistic. Yeah, I think, you know, she's positive about her own life. She doesn't live her life at the whims of others. She takes control and has pleasure in that. I I particularly like that line too. It's, I am again myself, gay and trying. There's nothing downtrodden about me. That's true, because even when circumstances are not great, she's still, well, how can I have some fun out of this? Yeah, and I, I kind of like that, you know, where she goes down her list of all these people she is going to her revenge was upon she's going to get her revenge upon Frederica revenge upon Reginald her revenge upon her sister-in-law but also avenge herself for what's been done to her in a way that was disrespectful and you know made her cower her in a way you know they sort of like put her tried to put her down in her place get in your box but yeah the repetition here is really beautiful I must punish Frederica I must punish Reginald. I must torment my sister-in-law. Mm. And then I must make myself amends. Love it. You can almost imagine her just slapping the table with each word. I must do this. I must do this. It's a nice to-do list. Yeah, Let's make some people miserable and myself happy. But I think she's also very aware, you know, some people can float through life without knowing the consequences of things. And she was very aware of what would happen to her should Reginald have left without her intervening. So she's not one to sit back and hope things go well. She, you know, sallied forth and worked her charms upon him. A huge paragraph of her talking every time she talks is just so many words. Say lots and lots of things until they're confused and they're just looking at my pretty face. Oh, but also too, absolute flattery. Of course, you are so important and how could I? I couldn't even let them go one hour without your amazing presence unlike my little self Pololo me where I go is of no consequence you are of importance and I think is it there's something in me that kind of wants to rise up on my own back legs in umbrage against the fact that Reginald believes he is so important and so well loved and she is such a pandering little insignificant woman that of course you know he can be magnanimous and because he's been flattered it makes me irritated because I mean she uses something that's actually so vain and it plays to his own sense of importance 
Yeah, it kind of tells you that she does look down on him a little bit. I think that she wants to dominate him in a way that, as a woman, she doesn't really have a chance to have even equal with men. She refers to his fancied sense of superior integrity. (laughs) He thinks he's better than me. But yeah, as you were saying, it would be trifling with my reputation. Actually, such contempt around someone who's so weak-willed to be um, manipulated like this. But the fact that, you know, she, she really has no other choice. She's going to deal with it the best way she can. And the fact that she was able to turn him round so quickly, which you can almost imagine, you know, it's like, oh, yes, of course. You know, she's not so clever as to have, you know, thought it all through or to have been malicious. You know, and, and even if she did make a mistake, this poor wretched little woman. And I love the way Frances is rolling her eyes right now, and it's exactly <laughs> the whole feeling of it. And I think that's why I like her so much, is that she just goes there. She just sees what it is, you know. He is still in my power, and that's it. She's got that power over him. And yet this Reginald, with whom a very few words from me, softened at once into the utmost submission and rendered more tractable, more attached, more devoted. That real switch from anger, that real righteous indignation that he had to... You see, she's no threat. She knows the order of things. I will keep my most important presence here to benefit my family and my loved ones. Sir James and Frederica is going to happen. She owes it to herself. (laughs) And part of that is in punishment for Frederica with the romantic nonsense of falling in love with Reginald. I know. I, but do you think that she really loves Reginald herself? You know, it was the object of her affection. Lady Susan. Lady Susan, because I know there's Mr. Mannering, but like with Lady Susan, the whole business of them having such delightful company, you know, that she spe- that was her pleasure of hanging out with him. And she talks about, marrying him to trifle punish him well she's talked about in the past that as much as she can love someone and she's referred to mannering that way i mean there are people yes who can love someone and still talk trash about them like she does about reginald oh i'm not necessarily saying love love in the sense of true love but for her did she have enough attraction maybe to think that would be a possible dalliance by marrying and teasing him forever I mean, I know she goes on to say that measures are much too violent. need to think them through rather than making a rash decision. Or do you think she just completely confines him contemptuous? She does say that, you know, once I've teased him into submission, he's like, okay to hang out with. But is okay to hang out with enough to mean that she might love him? Yeah, no, I don't think she probably does. He's more effort than she likes to expend. How dare you not believe everything I say? I know. This is probably one of my most favourite letters because it does highlight Lady Susan. And that, and this is the first time you and I have discussed a letter that is actually a Lady Susan letter. So I'm really thrilled to have been able to do this with you. I just like it because it's a little insight into how she observes the own mechanics of her mind. One of my favourite letters, so really nice to talk about it today. Good self-knowledge, yeah. Well, thank you. I wanted to do bookend to the hiatus because you and I did one before. 
I really wanted to do one after, especially with someone that I felt comfortable talking about what it was like. And having a break is good. And I'm still not entirely well. And that's just going to take time. Is that all you wanted to say about the hiatus? I burnt out, have been burnt out for about six months, if not longer. I suspect that I'm in something called autistic burnout because I'm also suffering with sensory overload and have been unable to wash my own hair for months and have had to go and pay people to do that for me, which in some cases is nice. You know, it's nice to get someone else to wash your own hair, but it's still actually a struggle for me to do it, but it is easier than doing it myself. So I've also been very tired, hard to focus. Yeah. Yeah, all good, really good reasons to take a break. Mm. And I think Francis having sort of been through this journey with you, and I think other people will probably be able to recognise that sometimes when things get really hard and we just push through it, doesn't give us enough space to actually really rest and recover and recuperate. So it's been really encouraging for me as a friend to watch you taking some time out for yourself and just thinking about what's really important now and to reprioritize your health and well-being. Have there been things over the last period that you've had the time to attend to or have been able to unpack or uncover? things about yourself um what you need well I do regular therapy and that's continued to help and one of the great things is my my therapist said no we're still working through some in-depth stuff and working out stuff from your childhood and things like that despite the fact that I'm you know was a bit in crisis that I could still still had the capacity Mm. to deal with background stuff as well yeah which is really good. But yeah, it has brought up a lot of fears and, and and things because when you're run down, everything's that much harder. Yeah. I found a course online from a UK psychologist around autistic burnout and that was helpful to help identify uh, some things to make things a bit easier and maybe some of the things that contributed to me going into burnout. And so once you can identify some of the reasons and you can go, cool, now how do I deal with that thing? Do I cut back on that or do I cancel it entirely? Noticing that I'd already started to do some of that stuff was really good as well. One of the things is I live quite close to neighbours and that means that I get noise from them, which can be quite difficult. So I've done a little bit of contacting businesses about getting sound stuff in my house to cut some of it out and so far I have not made progress unfortunately some places haven't got back to me and the one that did when I explained what the situation was they said actually we can't do anything to help with that our stuff is about keeping sound in so if anyone knows anybody in the Wellington region of New Zealand please contact me (laughs) but yeah the other two uh, major stressor issues I've got down to a good kind of dealt with. Were there things that you hadn't realised you could push pause on? Yes, like the coaching course that I've put on hold. I was so upset about that. I've been looking forward to that mm. and everyone talks about what a life-changing time it is and I really want to do this work, but 
I think that being in a better place myself means that I will learn more and be able to attend more and give it the uh, attention that it deserves rather than keep pushing myself. Yeah. I think that's one of the, actually it's one of the neatest things I heard you say was that you're postponing the course. You're not getting rid of it. It's something to still look forward to, but you'll know it'll be in a place that is really, it's a strong place. You'll come to it from a place where you're ready and you'll enjoy it so much more. So that was one thing I was really encouraged to hear when you talked about that. We don't have to lose all the dreams and the things we want in our lives. Sometimes we just have to have a bit of space to regroup. I just have to tell my brain to calm down a little bit because it's like, oh great, we've got all this time so we can read all the books before the course. And maybe we can have book clubs and talk to people about all the things. I'm like, okay, let's calm down. This is how we get into this problem. Don't You don't have to do everything. Other people saying that they can't do things because they're not feeling well or they didn't get a good sleep the night before or oh something else is like an emergency or something's happened makes me feel like I then have the permission to do the same thing. Allowing myself to do that is a big thing. One of the things I found talking to you is that having had a little break, things that were precious have become a little bit more exciting again, like the podcasting. Yeah. This was so much fun to do again. God, I've missed Lady Susan. <laughs> and it was a good letter to come back on. Isn't she fantastic? I mean, also terrible. Also terrible. Let's, let's be clear. Fantastic. I don't know. I don't think she's that terrible. <laughs> but maybe I wouldn't like to be on the receiving end of her. Like, that's the big thing. Because we're looking at it as, as fiction and we've never been on the receiving end of someone like her, it's not traumatic for us. But for mm. somebody who has... Reading this would just make your skin crawl. Fortunately, there are some people in the world who, I'm not sure whether it's that they're not great. I mean, Lady Susan, maybe not great, but, you know, there are some people maybe not great and maybe some people that you're just going to rub up against the wrong way. Do we know from Jane Austen's writing whether Lady Susan was based on anyone? So family tradition is that it is based on her cousin, Eliza. <laughs> And a guest I had earlier in the podcast said that it was based on her friend's grandmother who, like, starved her daughters and all of this and they ran away. And then one of them married a clergyman, I think, and that's um, her best friend Martha Lloyd's mother. Yeah, but the cousin Eliza really surprised me because... Reading this now, we're like, wow, she's such a bitch. Why would you be okay saying, yes, I based it on my cousin? But then um, there's that beautiful way that you can take someone who's got some characteristics and then stretch them out for a comic effect. I read somewhere recently, and I think I also said this on the previous episode, that Eliza had said in a letter, oh, yes, that is like me. Maybe she too read it like us and quite enjoyed it. Well, she sees the strength. That's the one thing with this letter is Lady, Lady Susan sees her own strength and what she's doing is not that same. Like, it, you know, it's, it's the choice between the two. I would rather be the person who knows my own mind and is able to turn weaker world people than to be so well-loved but equally... Downtrodden? Yeah. She's definitely not a Fanny Price. She's not a Fanny Price. I'm... Um... Francis Duncan, this has been Raven. It has been.
Welcome back, everybody. Links to the socials are in the notes. Thank you for listening. We wish you happy reading. Just popping back in to let you guys know that we have merch now. I haven't actually got merch with my face on it. That seems a little weird to me, but if you really want it, let me know and I'll do that. There's merch of the Jane Austen Society of Aotearoa New Zealand's logo, uh, some Jane Austen merch, and some Pride and Prejudice heavily Pride-focused merch too. It's on Redbubble and the link is in the notes. Happy buying!